You're listening to the Don't Suffer Like Us podcast, hosted by Kimberly Fujitaki and Thea Pichelle. Hello, and welcome to the Don't Suffer Like Us podcast. And Kimberly has just entered the room. I'm Thea. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are talking about our last installment of Dharma Talks. Yes. So who's it for? Who is it for? I think that for me, again, I I think that it's for the purpose that Theo has talked about in the last episode to, you know, just being able to come to a space where it's relevant and necessary for your audience. And so when we think about those things, that's going to really determine who's this Dharma talk for. And we also need to recognize, too, that the Dharma talk is not for us when we're sharing it with others. And I think that, you know, if you're just going up there to talk about something that you need to talk about, that is potentially not a conversation that you should potentially have. And you Mm -hmm. really need to think about why it is that you are sharing what it is that you're sharing. Because some people I feel like have have a Dharma talk or come to the front of the room And it's because they need to talk about something themselves and that might not be appropriate. Yeah. Knowing the difference between a Dharma talk and verbally processing. Yes. Um, important. Because there's this saying where it's like, well, you know, you teach what you need. And I'm not fully on that. (laughs) I'm bored of that. Like, hopefully you're teaching what your students need need, and from a knowledge base that you have um because if you're teaching to what you need consciously i'll say because i mean subconsciously we have motivations that we may not be aware of but you know people will say well you know i really needed my hips to be open this week so that's what i'm teaching you know that takes the the conversation from being student-centered to youth-centered yeah and then that's potentially problematic and um, you know, it's not serving the people who are in front of you. So if you're doing a Dharma talk, who's the Dharma talk for, as Kimberly said, it's for your students. It's for the people that are in front of you. And like uh, Thich Nhat, uh, I messed his name up. You say it for me, Kimberly. <laughs> Thich Nhat, huh? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, sometimes I can say it, sometimes I can't. Um, you know, it has to be relevant and it has to speak to your students. And if it's not doing any of either of those things, then it's not effective. Um, I've heard Dharma talks where it discusses something that I'm completely, that's completely not within my reality or within my, my body awareness or within my philosophical concept of the world. And so the Dharma talk's not appropriate for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be appropriate for someone else, but usually when I find it, because I usually, well, Kimberly knows me, like I I tend to be beyond duality. I can see the relevance of all things, but if I'm having a hard time seeing the relevance to a particular situation, usually it's because it's not appropriate for that situation. Yeah. Um, And so just being aware of why am I giving this talk and who is it for? If it's because I feel like I need, I need, then it's not the appropriate talk. If it's like, I see suffering in the world and this topic can help ease suffering, then that would be appropriate. Yeah. 
in my and and in in doing whatever you know in doing the dharma talk itself does your student find that universal truth to be beneficial to them you know and i think that that is something that guides my ability to share if i'm going to share a dharma talk with you know teacher trainees or people that I come to know. Uh, I, I won't usually do a, a Dharma talk with a group of people who I'm just stepping into in front of um, for the first time or that I'm not really aware or hyper aware of the type of bodies or the type of experience or the person that is in front of me, right? <clears throat> because I, wanted, <laughs> I wanna make sure that it's, it's an important conversation that is beneficial to them. And if I don't know who they are at all, then I don't necessarily feel like for me is the best choice of, of presenting a Dharma talk potentially. And there's the whole, that, that thing that you'll see on the internet a lot. There's uh, motivational quotes regarding it. You'll see people say it, uh, it's attributed to Buddhism. I'm not really sure the actual authenticity of where it originated. I mean, the concepts are, Buddhist principles, but you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just because something aligns with principles doesn't mean it's ancient in origin. Yeah. Um, but before you th speak, think, mm -hmm. you know, T, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? So when you're looking at giving a Dharma talk, think <laughs> before you speak, uh, make sure that what you're saying is uh, in alignment. And what you're sharing is helpful. And does it have to be inspiring? It doesn't have to be inspiring. That can be helpful as well, but it doesn't have to be. Sometimes it can just be informative. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully if you're giving that conversation, you see a necessity for, for cultivating that conversation. And is it kind? Does, you know, is it disparaging anyone? Because you don't want, you want to make sure that when you're giving, when you are communicating, that what you're saying isn't denigrating someone else. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I absolutely, I think that the communication behind what, you know, what it is that we're saying is going to be really important as well. Because when we're, we're having this, you know, I remember in my, teacher training, you know, preparing for a Dharma talk, you know, and, and um, you know, not just kind of getting up there and just doing it on the fly, but really like being thoughtful and being, you know, observant of, of the reason why uh, I would prepare a certain topic or why in, you know, my, um, <clears throat> in my teacher training, would I prepare, you know, a Dharma talk based on some of the philosophy issues, the philosophy uh, of, of the yoga, um, the eight limbs of yoga, you know, mm -hmm. that, that would give me the opportunity to be able to feel prepared, but at the same time, know, like when I come and show up in front of my students, that the communication that I had thought I might be giving is probably going to transmit a little bit differently than what I had envisioned. Mm -hmm. And the communication is going to change too, because I want to tailor that information to the students who are in front of me and what they, you know, are experiencing and how these topics or these ideas can benefit them personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a little frog in my throat. 
the demographic. Like Kimberly teaches small children a lot. So Kimberly, teaching small children, let's say you have uh, pre-K kids, would giving a lengthy Dharma talk be effective? No, but I think that there's still like little pieces of Dharma, you know, like that we can drop into uh, our our classes with with children. You know, like mm-hmm. I, there are lots of conversations that are universal, like talking about um, kindness and treating people, you know, with with respect and compassion and empathy. And those are the kind of things that you know we can have little kind of dharma conversations with mm-hmm. children about and that are relevant to them and then they let, like drop the seeds of them thinking about how we treat ourselves and how we treat others and how important it is for us to continue to treat each other with respect and kindness and compassion like those are things that I we use on a regular basis with like a young demographic that are still really important and go on with us for the rest of our lives, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think you can have important conversations with children and with other people. Um, but with Dharma talks, there's usually a lengthy aspect of just being a talking head. And so when you're, when you're doing that, thinking of the space that you're providing this wisdom or this uh, concept in, if you're teaching a power yoga, let's say class that doesn't tend to lean towards philosophic, you know, discussing philosophical concepts because some studios just don't do that then you know doing a 15 minute talk before your your class isn't going to work or you know finishing with 15 minutes doesn't mean you can't sprinkle dharma concepts in but knowing the demographic then some people will love classes like that but if you're doing that making sure that it aligns with the class that you're offering so that people are feeling aligned and then they will also want more, you know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll be more open to listening versus if you're proselytizing in a place that's not, it's not appropriate. Right. When you feel like if you're sitting up there and everyone's like, we should already be in down dog, then, yeah. you, you know, like that's <laughs> yeah. going to be a real, like a, you know, red flag for you of uh, this person, you know, this community of people is not used to this type of, information you know yeah. and and knowing who's open to it and who's not is going to be important too um, mm-hmm. because again it comes back to is this for the correct audience you know is mm-hmm. this for the people the students that are in front of me and sometimes it's not you know yeah and you know to me this is my my take on things there's a difference between dharma talks and themes Mm-hmm. So like themes can be one to two minutes and they can incorporate dar- part, you know, part of the Dharma. They can be uh, a conversation, um, but they're not these really lengthy, deep philosophical conversations. And when I think of Dharma talks, I think of deep, lengthy philosophical conversations. And so, you know, sometimes with if a lot is going on, like uh, in 2017, when there was a change and um well, you know, we had the president, we did. And um, people were really upset on both sides of things. People were really upset. And even though um, I did not align with that administration, ultimately there's concepts that were pain points for people who ascribe to different political ideologies. Yeah. And those concepts themselves are universal truths. 
because in the end of the day, everybody wants their family to be safe, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, and we're going through that again, you know, yeah. whether we're happy or not happy about what's happening now, you yeah. know, and I think that that, like, that universal truth point that the, you know, I think that's mm -hmm. uh, coming back to and that we're coming back to over and over again in these yeah. last three episodes is something that's beneficial and helpful, regardless of where you sit on different yeah issues you know so like for me because of that time seeing how people were were suffering i would have 45 minute to hour long dharma talks but i would schedule them outside of my class i would sprinkle mm -hmm. the concepts in my classes thematically um but the the in-depth dharma talk was something separate separate yeah and i think that that's a good a good thing to be able to offer if it's something that you like like i i, I know from experience of of hearing thea's dharma talks that she has the ability to to have these very philosophical conversations with people where you know they don't feel lost and they don't feel like what she's saying what does this mean you know like because that can be something that I've experienced too with other teachers who have had dharma talks where they you know I, I feel like I'm kind of lost in them mm -hmm. but when you really like have a teacher like the uh, who can give you the information and make it digestible and helpful for you. And you have that time that you can devote to specifically that, like that's really powerful and helpful. And I think that, you know, <clears throat> in creating my, my teacher trainings and times and workshops and things where I can dive deeper into those type of topics, it's helpful to me. Um, and that's usually where I put that kind of information and it's not necessarily in my public classes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is <clears throat> my life philosophy, that if you can't simplify a concept, then you're not familiar enough with the concept yet to teach. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because everything can be distilled down. Mm -hmm. And if, unless, I mean, because what I find and, there can be, what is it called, spiritual consumerism, where people will attempt to appear like at a higher state of consciousness than others because of these uh, these concepts that that are very <clears throat> can be very specific and very in depth. Mm -hmm. But by creating that that barrier, it's it's not allowing people to access information that could be useful and beneficial to their lives. And when people do that, it's the question is, are they doing it so that they seem to be at an elevated space? Are they doing it because they're not really familiar with the concept yet? So they're not able to distill it down or um, are they unaware that they're doing it because it just makes sense to them? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's one of the things is like when I first started teaching, I would explode people's brains all the time because I would pack so much in. And so over the years, I've, I've scaled back because, yeah. you know, when you're passionate, right, don't suffer like us. When you're passionate, you'll, you know, you'll go all in. And maybe it makes a whole lot of sense to you, but it won't necessarily make sense to your students. So it's just important to look at, like, if I were to do this Dharma talk for a five-year-old, would they understand, mm -hmm. you know, without having any like deep philosophical connection to the jargon, mm -hmm. 
you know, um, these little kids can understand things. They just might not want to sit for 45 minutes to listen, but you know, like if it, can you simplify it? If a space alien landed and said, you know, Kimberly, tell me about Ahimsa. We don't have that on my planet. You know, like, can you, if you can discuss it with someone who's completely unfamiliar with the concept and it still be accessible, then I say that's a good point to um, to go from, you know, like, can I break it down to be more simple? Because mm -hmm. we got lots of time. You don't have to pack every concept into one short, brief thing. And like I said, that's something that I've I've learned over learned time. Over time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so too. Because in the beginning, it's like I could talk about this, 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 and it's like, well, but that's not that's not what I were teaching. You know, it's not yeah. what I can talk about. It's what my students need. You know, so yeah, that's an important thing to come back to. You know, and to be and and also like Thea was saying, to be prepared to talk about what it is that you're you're going to talk about with people in a way that's beneficial for them, you know? And I think that that's gonna be something that we as teachers are always going to have to be refining and trying our best to see like, you know, because sometimes the information when one group will land in one way and in another group will land a completely different way. Um, mm -hmm. And so just thinking about, what the length of your talk is going to be and how it's going to fit into the, the benefit of what you're seeing to that, to those people's lives. Mm -hmm. And hopefully like with what we're teaching, it's just a toe in the pool of knowledge, right? Like just mm -hmm. dipping a toe so that if people do want to submerge themselves, they now have, an idea of what it's like. So they can look for resources. You can provide resources um, if you wanna go into more depth or even you can set up something thematically for several weeks, like if, you know, where you're going deeper and deeper into the concept, mm -hmm. um, but not where you're throwing the person completely into the pool <laughs> and be like, <laughs> I hope you can swim. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> So. I think that's that's covering Dharma talks. I think so. And uh, so we hope that you know you'll think about the Dharma that's relevant in your students' lives and the universal truths that we can use from these amazing practices to help you know bring us together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just being aware of the the impact of your words. Mm -hmm. And um, your bill and your, your seat of power, basically. And if if you're aware of those things, then it can work out really well. You know who you're speaking to. You know what you're speaking on. You know why. You know how. You know when. You know what. And now you've got some of the history too. So yeah, you're ready. You're ready. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And we will be back next week. What are we talking about then? Have we decided? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kimberly. And thank you for listening, everyone. Have thank a beautiful you. day. Bye.
Don't forget to join us next week for another episode of Don't Suffer Like Us.